African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, uh, good morning. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. Thank you for joining us on our shortwave service. We're also on our uh, DSTV bouquet and online. Uh, remember that uh, uh, you can also uh, find us on our various platforms on Twitter at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. Right now, we're discussing the big conversation in South African politics, which is the African National Congress's 54th election. Conference. The Gauteng province of South Africa will play host to one of the most talked about conferences in the year uh, 2017. The party has seen the biggest number of candidates running for party president in its history. There are seven presidential hopefuls and amongst them are two front runners. Apparently we know that's still to be said because we're going to see those elections unfolding at the conference itself but uh, currently there are predictions that are being made uh, and the two front runners are being said to be the current deputy president, Cyril Ramaphosa, and the former AU Commission Chair, Dr. Nkosazana Lamini Zuma. The provinces are currently in the process of concluding their nominations meetings in preparation for the elective conference. We know that those have been mired by some um, uh, court interdicts, and also we've seen uh, various court challenges taking place in that regard, which uh, shows how contested these elections are. The conference will see the end of President Jacob Zuma as the head of the ANC after two terms. Now, to help us unpack this, uh, we're joined once again by Dr. Ina Hose, who's a senior lecturer at Governance and Political Transformation and uh, a part of the Politics Department at the University of the Free State. And we've got Professor Dirk Kutzer, who is a political analyst, uh, also joining us uh, from the University of South Africa. Africa. Now, let's start with you, Dr. Hose. It's great speaking to you once again. We've already seen uh, really a very much huge uh, uh, contested environment in these uh, uh, conference, and it's not even started yet. We're still waiting for the conference to unfold. But let's look at the run-up environment of the 54th elective conference. We've already seen a, a bruising court challenge, one that looks at the KwaZulu-Natal and also one where we've seen an interdict against uh, the Free State Elective Conference. Your um, view on what's happening, especially in the Free State, before we move on to KwaZulu-Natal. Good morning, Benjamin. Um, yes, I think, the, as you said, the run-up has been uh, highly contested. And I think, if I might put uh, 
my umbrella on all of this is that lack of credibility amongst this, this kind of leadership is finally maybe uh, caught up with them. Uh, if you think it, uh, the provinces that we are talking about where all these contestations and, and court cases are happening is Northwest province, it's Free State province, it's KwaZulu-Natal. Um, there were issues also in Bumalanga for a while. The, the, these are the so-called Premier League provinces. And the influence that these leaders uh, used to have and, and, and in many ways still have on, on, on ANC leadership and the way they've gone about their business um, has been getting some, some resistance now. And, uh, and that's why you see this happening. And not just on the top leadership, among branches as well. I think there's quite a few uh, branches in KZN who have also a few court cases pending or who are disgruntled about particularly processes that weren't followed properly. So yes, the run-up has been, has been wrought with these kinds of things. And uh, these are the provinces that support Lamini Zuma. Well, let's come to you, Professor Dekutia, before I move on to Mavusom Simang, who is an ANC veteran, who's also joining us on the line. Um, Professor Kutia, I'm interested in your thoughts here on in terms of what is happening in terms of these uh, provincial nominations, because there seems to be a lot of contestation around the way they have been handled. What are the dynamics that are creating such resistance, Professor Kutia? Well, there's a number of factors. Um, I, I think the first one is that the contest is very even. It's a, almost a 50-50 balance between the two main contenders. Um, and that obviously means that the contestation is just much more intense than, for example, in 2012, mm. where in the end this uh, division between President Zuma and the deputy then uh, Khaleme Mutlanti was 70-30, or even at Polokwani where it was a 60-40 division. In this case, you know, it is, I, I want there to say already what I think will be the, the result of this election, um, because it's so closely contested. I think an, another aspect which is different from the past is that uh, it is now really in the hands of the, the branches to do the nominations. Uh, there was a decision in January taken by the ANC Lohotla that it's not the provinces that will do the final nomination, so therefore that we have three nominations, uh, nine nominations, plus the three from the three um, leagues, the Youth League, Women's League, and Veterans League, but actually all these nominations that we are seeing now, and that uh, the, the um, results of these branch nominations are recorded by the, the provinces as we are seeing the process unfolding at the moment. Mm. We've, we've seen also that at provincial level, the, the factionalism that developed, you know, starting in 2007 with the slates, continued in 2012 at Mangum, still again with the slates, um, and that is, is still very much prevalent in the ANC, that those factionalism plays out at branch level, at regional level, and at provincial level. Mm. We saw it um, in 2015 at the KwaZulu-Natal provincial uh, election, um, that was a 52-48 division there, um, and the two main factions were involved. We've seen it with the election in Etiquini, where the, the Communist Party and, uh, and, and uh, those who support, not supported President Zuma, who were they defeated, and uh, the pro-Zuma, pro-Glamini-Zuma group there took, after 
about four or five efforts in order to, to convene that uh, regional conference. Mm. Um, we've seen it in, in provinces, even in the Western Cape, the Umar, uh, Dalo Umar uh, region was also involved in it, and then all the others that we've seen, the Eastern Cape recently at provincial level. It's all indicative of the fact that there was the, the, the slight politics that started in 2007 were not, there was no real effort made by the ANC leadership to yield those differences. The, the Mbeki differences, in a sense, I see here at UNISA, still plays itself out. You know, whenever there's a major event organized by the Mbeki Foundation, it is his own supporters who attend and, and not the others. Um, mm -hmm. And the same applies, I think, to you know, the split that was caused because Khalema Motlanti was mm -hmm. defeated. So th those things, I think, contribute, and then at the same time, what we are seeing now is obviously the very intense competition or contestation between the Ramaphosa mm -hmm. and the Lamini Zuma side. Well, let me go to you. Uh, in terms of looking at the environment here. As I started my intro, we'll come back to the various cases that were brought forward by Professor Dirk Kutsia. But uh, emphasizing his points, I was also interested in the dynamic that for the first time we've seen the most candidates running for presidential hopefuls. Seven of them uh, have been put forward in the public domain. Does this actually assert the democratization that is now within the ANC or does it further show us the polarized environment that the ANC finds itself now, thank you very much, and I'm sorry that for the noise that may have been made. I didn't hear at all what uh, Professor Kutsia was saying. I don't know how the mic is placed. Uh, all right, we'll try to see if we can adjust that for you, but you can carry on with that uh, question I was uh, highlighting. We'll, we'll come back to some of his points. Absolutely, then absolutely. No, I, I'm afraid the, this doesn't represent progress. The... Um, the, the filling of seven candidates for the presidential election is neither here nor there, really. What needs to be done, and this is what the stalwarts and veterans called for almost a year ago, among other things, was that we overhaul the manner in which we elect our leaders. The current system is really moribund, it's out of date, it results in the things that you are talking about which are not structured. There is nothing wrong per se in as many people as possible wanting to contest. But it's the, it's the system that generates these interests that is really fatally flawed. So there will be a conference that will take place. Uh, we must be pragmatic and hope for the best mm. and hope that the winner who emerges there uh, will heed uh, what others have been saying. Uh, a big gathering of people three weeks ago at uh, Constitution Hill, mm. a meeting that was called by the Stalwarts and Veterans, issued a declaration that made very concrete proposals as to what must be done by the ANC to, to get out of this. Well, I'm going to come back to that. Let me take a quick break because you bring uh, various elements that are to that. I know that meeting was not actually uh, honored by uh, the ANC uh, national uh, uh, heads. Uh, they didn't actually regard that as uh, integral to the current status of the uh, ANC. We saw contradictions unfolding there even within the alliance presence at that constitutional uh, hill gap. Gathering. 
But let me take a quick break and we'll come back to you, Dr. Inahos, Professor Dirk Kutsia and Mavusum uh, Simang, who's on the line to give us uh, their ideas on what's happening in terms of the dynamics we're starting to see in the lead up to the 54th elective conference of the ANC. Channel Africa has good news for you. We have extended our reach. If you have an iPad or iPhone, download the Channel Africa iOS app at itunes.apple.com. If you have a cell phone, then get our Android app at Google Store. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. That's exactly who we are, Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Moshatama, as we look at the environment that we sit in right now in South Africa with the 54th elective conference of the African National Congress, which is uh, still going to be one thing that we're going to be looking at in the few days to come, especially next week. It will be a very, very interesting uh atmosphere to see what's going to be going on in this regard. We've got Dr. Inachos, who is joining us from the University of the Free State, Professor Dick Kutsia, who is uh, joining us from the University of South Africa, Mavusom Simang joins us uh, as a member of the ANC veteran uh, group. And uh, I want to come to you, Dr. Inachos, because both uh, Professor Kutsia and uh, Mr. Msimang have highlighted very central things that show various contradictions and also tensions within what's happening in the ANC. I want to start with the issue that Professor Dirk Kutsia highlighted briefly and uh, he, not even briefly, elaborated very beautifully on it in terms of the various dynamics. And the issue of slates was something that he highlighted uh, as a, a contributing factor to actually whereby we're seeing uh, the a deeper uh, factionalism that is starting to really show itself even in the public arena more visibly. Um, the the current running candidates have approached this issue of slates very differently where already we saw the current deputy president Cyril Ramaphosa uh, introducing his slates and putting them in the public domain but we've saw a different approach from uh, uh, Dr. Kosazana Lamini Zuma He's, she's remained more quiet in, in that regard and almost kept a low profile during her campaigning what are your thoughts of uh, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa highlighting who her preferred slates are uh, versus the approach that Dr. Nkosazana Lamini Zuma has actually taken? I think you almost answered the question already. I think there's a more traditional approach that she that she took. And I think Sarah Ramaphosa wanted to really separate himself from um, a faction that is now being seen as uh, corrupt to enable state capture and, and that. So in, in, in making his, you know, preferences in leadership uh, known, I think that was uh, the approach that he, that he took. That, for instance, um, someone like Lady Pandor, who wasn't, you know, really on anybody's radar at the time, uh, a message that we could have gotten was he's going to try and appoint people and have a leadership that is uh, apparently competent and not as vested in particular factions. Uh, of course, we know that's not entirely true. And and see how that plays out. And many 
you know, pundits and, and, and reports have said that the only problem he had with this particular decision was that he made the statement himself, that it didn't come from, you know, his, his team. Um, so I think that was the approach he was trying to take. If it's going to pay off, we can already see that it didn't really. That branches absolutely stated, uh, you know, unequivocally that they were going to make the decision and not him. Uh, it seems that Pandewa um, Jusulu is 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 more their preference for 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 uh, deputy. So even though that was his approach, it's very clear that the branches still have uh, exercised their right uh, in the way they saw fit. And that's why we get the results that we have. Coming back to another issue that was highlighted by uh, Mr. Simang as a member of the ANC Veterans League, there was that gathering that uh, took place where we saw the veterans and the stalwarts within the ANC gathering really to deal with these uh, issues of uh, state capture. It was called a, a National Consultative Conference, which uh, the NEC didn't really acknowledge. We don't know what that state is currently right now, where whether they took note of some of uh, the issues that were brought forward at that gathering because we also saw a presence of uh, uh, the ANC Alliance also making sure that they make their presence felt there. It was also interesting to see that dynamic actually unfolding with the resistance from the NEC. Uh, Dr. Inahosa, what are your thoughts around uh, the current uh, uh, consultative methods that uh, uh, the ANC has tried to adopt in the midst of the nomination environment that we're seeing currently? To tell you the truth, um, this consultative approach, I think, is a bit happening too late. Mm. Um, And when it does happen, it seems that the advice and calls for certain actions from, uh, you know, the people they consult, the veterans and such, um, are either being ignored or not taken really seriously. Mm. And that seems to have a very negative effect on, on any um, you know, approach that they have to consult and, and to get these views. Um, so it's, at this stage of the game, um, I, I see it as a smoke screen because it's too late. Uh, we want to, to have these consultative um, meetings, of course, and we need the advice and the opinions of stalwarts and veterans, but that advice needs to be, you know, adhered to and taken very seriously. And I don't see that that is really high on the agenda for current uh, leadership with the ANC, except Mm. to just show off. Professor Tekutsi, as we are on that note of slates, I'm interested on your views on Cyril Ramaphosa's um, uh, decision to actually reveal his his top four and a few issues came out after that, especially when you saw him elect uh, uh, Naledi Pando, who's a very interesting choice for him. Um, I saw things change in terms of uh, uh, the dynamics change within the decision-making in uh, the provinces when that slate came out. Do you think that that was a uh, a mistake made by um, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa, or it was a predictable move? I think it was in the end predictable, um, given the fact that uh, the slight politics or the approach of using slates haven't changed. Um, 
if there was a new approach to the nomination process, it would have been a mistake. But mm. what we have seen since then with the nominations by the branches and now the, the provincial general uh, council meetings is that um, they are still working with the principle of the slate, both sides. And I think the, the approach that was followed by uh, the Deputy President, Cyril Kramaposa, is versus that of Dr. Dlamini Zuma is in the end not very different. Um, while Cyril Tramaposa announced his, his preferences, um, almost immediately thereafter the, the Women's League announced their nominations. So I took it as if that was the Dlamini Zuma announcement of the slate on, on their side. And if we look now back at what has happened with the nominations, that slate was almost 100% implemented on the Dlamini Zuma side. On the Tramaposa side, what I think has become apparent is, is that his choice as the Deputy President, Naledi Pandor, was not followed. Um, almost no province uh, nominated her or, or mm -hmm. branches. Um, mm -hmm. The same with the Deputy uh, Secretary General. So two of the, of the, four, of the six positions haven't really followed the, the slight approach. And I think what is very interesting and very significant is the way in which the Tramaposa side is dealing, and, and the supporters is dealing with the position of the Deputy President. Both uh, Lundiwe Sisulu as well as David Mabusa have been nominated by provinces that are um, on sort of in favor of, of Cyril Tramaposa. So in the end, you know, whether the approaches have been slightly different, um, the end results are the same. Uh, we have two sets of, of candidates to a large extent. Um, on the case on the side of the Ramaphosa side, the, the main difference is is that the slide wasn't strictly followed um, for the case for the two positions of deputy president and deputy secretary general. And what we are now going to see, and that that I think is the test whether this approach is going to be uh, going to take to its natural conclusion is the, the decision that the, the election will first be that of the president, and once the, the results are known, then the other five of the top six will be elected, which in, while in the past all six were elected at the same time. So it opens up this, the possibility to mm -hmm. say after the results of the president have been made public, then the, the possibility of of crossovers, you know, of maybe looking at the, at the nomination from a side, from the other side, in order to build the type of almost internal power sharing within the ANC. I'm not sure that this is going to work, but that is, seems to be the strategy of uh, David Mabusa. Mm. That is why he's talking about the idea of a unity nomination. Yeah. You know, that it creates the opportunity at that moment to start to use alternatives or to negotiate, bargain for alternatives, because mm -hmm. what is possible is for nominations from the floor, if there's support of 25% of all the delegates. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's a consensus about this approach at the conference, then that will create that new option. But I'm still, given the, the, the trends we've seen up to now, I think it is unlikely that the branches and the provinces will move away from the nominations that they have submitted already. Mm. Let me come to you, Dem Simang. I mean, you are uh, a, a deeply entrenched member of the ANC. You were in exile. Uh, you were stationed in Tanzania. You've worked in various platforms even while you were in exile. Um, coming back into the country, you've worked in, in various uh, state peristatals and also key um, heritage um, in, 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 uh, uh, resources or, 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 or structures. 
I'm interested in your thoughts as a person who has been much of a, a long-term member of the ANC. Do you see changes in the dynamics of how uh, these e- elective processes are taking place within the ANC? And what are your thoughts of those changes, if there are any? And I know they were because Professor Kutsi highlighted them just briefly. Yes, in the end, as was pointed out by somebody else on the panel, these are different manifestations that are going to produce the same result. It's, we're yeah. still in slates. Okay. Um, to think of uh, uh, David Mabuza actually suggesting that it be not an elective conference, strictly speaking, but a unity one in which uh, the winner uh, accommodates everybody. It's as if there are no differences Mm. that uh, inform the positions that each one of the people who want to be president. Uh, It's as if these don't exist. Mm. Maybe they don't. Maybe that is why it's so easy for people to say, for the sake of the ANC, let's get together. I don't know whether getting people together for the sake of the ANC isn't living out the bigger sake of the country, mm. the, the contradictions, one would think, that exist uh, should be between a group that has um, really allowed corruption to run, run riot in the country, where we are now introduced to these wonderful concepts, concepts of state capture, where good people are marginalized um, and, and less competent ones in many instances are put in place. There are many ills that everybody who's got eyes to see can, can see. These things need to be negated in a democratic fashion. You'd expect one of the candidates to say, my um, administration, since we are in this uh, process, uh, would look at the economy, we'll look, we'll look at education. I think that's been said, in the, but that's the platform of change. Mm-hmm. Uh, a country that is, uh, whose Gini coefficient is really horrible. So, so. We are, where other economies, you know, emerging economies are growing at rates of 3% and above, we are struggling to come above 1%. There are key issues that cause this that are not necessarily influenced by external factors. One needs these things to be the cause of the contestation. Okay. And yeah, so I, I'm, just, I'm really, for me, what's most important is that people address themselves to the issues mm, in concrete mm, terms mm. of poverty, of crime, of education, uh, in very specific terms, uh, that's the choice, and not the choice of keeping the ANC together, even if it trips into even worse corruption, it doesn't get out of it.
Mm. I want to pose that question when we come back to both of our other analysts in Tatam Simang because I think that's a very good point that you bring there. It's very strong. And we haven't seen that evidently as a, a key issue of uh, of discussion. And uh, I'll bring that to you, Dr. Inahos and Professor Dekutsia. What has been driving uh, these decisions that are being made, especially from a provincial perspective? Is it uh, personal ambitions or really is the real case uh, that is for the national interest as was alluded to there by uh, Mr. Simang. Let's take a quick one. We'll be back as uh, we get the final part of our conversation. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, If you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Well, thank you for joining us on our various platforms. Remember, our main service is into the continent of Africa. In sub-Saharan Africa, you can listen to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to southern Africa. We are also on the DSTV in South Africa and neighboring countries. Our channel there is on the audio bouquet. It's channel 802. And to our Pan-African family, we're on the website uh, streaming facility on www.channelafrica.co.com. If you're joining us just now, we've had a very much of an interesting conversation, very elaborate uh, from our various guests, giving us their different views of uh, the environment that South Africa finds itself in uh, when it comes to the observations we've seen leading up to the ANC's 25th elective conference. We talked, we joined by uh, uh, Mavusom Simang, uh, an ANC veteran. We also have Professor Dick Kutia, a political analyst, joining us from UNISA, Dr. Inachos is also our analyst today joining us from the politics department at the University of the Free State. Let me come to you, Ina, in terms of your thoughts. They're very powerful, I thought, uh, summation of uh, the real problem that uh, uh, Mr. Msimang has highlighted there. The real issues of uh, the struggle of the economy and also the issues of state capture. They have been raised uh, briefly by Cyril Ramaphosa. We haven't heard that much of a conversation from Dr. Nkosa Zanadlamini Zuma highlighting those issues. She's more highlighted the issues of land acquisition. She's been being more focused on uh, uh, black uh, economic empowerment policies, but we haven't really heard her speaking about uh, issues of corruption in, in a more elaborated way. In terms of the issues that have been in the forefront by the candidates, do you think enough has been said that actually draws us to seeing leaders who have an interest for for social and economic issues of the country or do you think it's intra uh, politics of the ANC that are driving the agenda here? Well I absolutely think it's intra politics at the moment and that is the situation the ANC finds itself in because of the decisions that they've made and the policies that they have and that's the, the, the situation they put the country in because of that you know the focus is not where it's supposed to be on, on, on the service of, of the people of this country, Econo- the economy, the health, education, uh, these things are put on the forefront, you know, almost 
you know, not high on the agenda at all. And the suggestion is, and the message we're getting just is, is from both of them, just get me elected, then I will change it. Getting elected and being in leadership is the only focus, the mm. major focus at the moment. And that is what's happening at the moment. And when you get to a point where you have this kind of network in the ANC um, around President Zuma and the particular factions, where, where there are many threats, a vast network, very deep, um, connected to uh, you know persons who are you know under under investigation or or not, uh, that is absolutely synonym with corruption, mm. um, who are fighting for their political lives, who are trying to prevent getting criminally charged for things they've done. Um, that will be the focus of, of everything mm. on, that, um, on that floor in the, in, in the conference. And so the main issues that is grappling our country is certainly not on the forefront. Professor Dukutsia, your thoughts? Yes, uh, I, I fully agree. And, and I think maybe we should go back a little bit to the National Policy Conference in the middle of the year, as well as the request or insistence by the stalwarts and veterans for to have an, a consultative conference mm. before the National uh, Policy Conference. Um, what we've seen at the National Policy Conference, which was supposed to be focused on policy matters and the issues that uh, Mr. Simang was, was emphasizing, um, and was turned around a debate in the end about whether it is white monopoly capital or monopoly capital. And it became, in a sense, sort of code words for the two main factions. Mm. So I, I think the problem that we have seen over time is, is that whether it is about radical economic transformation or whether it's about what monopoly capital or whether it's about land reform and uh, expropriation with or without compensation, it actually became code words for either the Ramaphosa side or for the Dlamini Zuma side. And it, the, the real debate about policy matters, about the issues that are confronting South Africa from a policy perspective, got lost in the process. Um, and I think, therefore, this, the national conference now is supposed to take final decisions on policy matters, and I guess that they are not very well prepared for that, um, because the policy conference was sort of so inundated with succession issues that there was very little discussion about new policy. And I think what, what we have seen in the past 10 years is that since the Mbeki period, when there was a lot of policy development, um, sometimes people don't like, didn't like it, but there was certainly a lot of policy development, that it, it started to stagnate over the past period, especially during President Zuma's administration. And I think what we have now is, while policy at that period was seen as predictable, as there's a lot of policy continuity, it has reached now a, a, a stalemate situation in terms of policy, mm. almost a stagnation period of where mm. developments have moved forward, while the policy haven't kept abreast of these social and international developments. Um, and I think that that's the crisis at the moment for the for the ANC from a policy point of view is is that whoever is going to be the new leadership of the ANC will have have the, the main a very important task to deal with policy matters almost immediately. Mm. And the problem will be is that the national conference won't necessarily be able to give them a mandate because they I don't expect a lot of policy debate there. 
Um, and the, and that's going to be the test for the ANC, whether very soon after, from early next year onwards, they can come up with new ideas, new policies, new new frameworks from a socio-economic perspective, from an international relations perspective, from an educational perspective, because we are, at universities are in the midst of uncertainty about what is the future in terms of the financial models. Also, matters like energy, you know, the nuclear matter, it is up in the air. The, the mining charter is up in the air. It's not very certain about those things. Mm. Plus then, what is the future of the, the social welfare policy? You know, um, some is saying that some of the money will be taken away from social grants to pay for the students. That creates political uncertainty, and I think these are the matters that require very urgent attention from the new ANC leadership. Well, I need to wrap it up. We only have about three minutes. Uh, uh, there's a, also an underlying debate that's taking place. And I'd like to wrap up with that, uh, in terms of looking at uh, uh, the predictions that have been made through the nominations that we're seeing currently and people saying that what we see right now, I know that things seem neck and neck right now with uh, Dr. Nkosa Zanadlamini Zuma and uh, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa. But people think that uh, when it comes to the conference itself, the situation might actually surprise us. Do you think that will be the case this time? Or do you think the current predictions that we're seeing through the nominations will actually unfold the same at the conference? Actually, at the policy conference, uh, one saw a very encouraging sign of uh, ordinary members of the ANC from the branch putting their foot down and wanting to see the ANC go in the direction they always thought it should be going. So my hope, and it's only a hope, is that uh, the delegate who goes there will ultimately make the decision that uh, they believe is in the interest of the um, of the ANC. This is a guideline, uh, mm-hmm. what we're seeing now, but I really hope that the people will sit there and look at all the issues that the experts sitting around here are saying have not been addressed at all. Dr. Inachos? Well, you know, the, I, the, 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 the belief is, uh, I suppose, that they, the branches and delegates will, will vote as indicated now in their elections or their nominations. The thing, though, is that this the vote on the day at the the conference is a secret vote, which it was not during the provincial processes. And that might change the game a little bit, depending on how unhappy they are with their provincial leadership in the first place, how much they were, uh, you know, forced into a particular um, decision. Um, But surprises, I think it's going to be very close, and I'm willing to bet that we might have a contestation uh, you know, in our courts even, mm. whatever the outcome. Professor, earlier on you were saying that you don't see much of a change uh, uh, from uh, uh, the provincial nominations to the final vote. Do you still maintain that uh, uh, that view? Yes, I, I, I do, unfortunately. Um, that I, I think though the, the, the ANC's uh, guidelines, voting guide, election guidelines, its, it's formal document says that the the delegates will have an open mandate. They can either vote according to the branch nomination or the, the majority of the, in, in the province or otherwise convinced by the debate at the conference. I think what we've seen uh, in 2007 and 2012 
is very much that they voted then according to the nominations, and I, at this stage I foresee that it will most possibly follow the same route. Well, that's how we're going to wrap it up. Thank you to our guests for giving us their analysis and very interesting uh, key points coming up from this discussion. Uh, thank you to Mr. Mavusom Simang, who is uh, a member of the ANC Veteran League. Thank you to Professor Dick Kutsia joining us from the University of South Africa. Dr. Inahos was with us. Thank you once again for joining us on our show, uh, joining us from the University of the Free State. Thank you all for your participation. 